My optimism for the bullpen took a hit. As it appears, we may be discussing a familiar face on the opening day squad. And it's not a familiar face that any of us want to see. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts on all podcasting platforms, including right here on YouTube. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr. That's him over there if you're watching on YouTube. We are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. We have taken our love of the game, our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you. On today's podcast, we'll dive into Nick Crawl's comments uh, where he says he wants Joey Votto to retire a Cincinnati Red. Uh, we're going to talk about Lucas Sims, who has not pitched in a week, and we'll discuss the domino effect that that will have on the pitching staff to open things up in 2023. And we're also going to take a look at the most recent roster moves and discuss whether or not that could create an opening for Matt Reynolds to make this team to start the season. But Jeff, I think a good place to start is within this bullpen because we've already uh, outlined how there are a lot of open uh, roles that have not quite been settled. And now Lucas Sims lands on the injured list for the better part of a week. Now we haven't seen him in a game in over a week. He's trying to work his way back from a back injury and he's out with back spasms. So that doesn't seem to bode well for him to be in the bullpen at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And, and, you know, the back spasms were reportedly unrelated to the back injury from last year. I, I don't know. That's a tough one, but still back injuries. I mean, we, we talked about this coming into the year. We were hoping that he's ready to go. And it sounded like he was gung ho whenever we talked to him a couple of weeks ago, but at the end of the day, what is this going to be like? Is this going to be something where he pitches every couple of weeks and then he's on the IL for a couple of weeks or something like that? That's going to have to be figured out here. I'm starting to wonder, and I don't necessarily want to go too far with this because hopefully he comes back at some point this week. He's just been shut down. Hasn't thrown the baseball for a while, um, almost a week now, but hopefully he can come back and be ready to go at some point in April or May. But is he starting to kind of get into that TJ Antone category where it's just like, how can we say that we're counting on him at this point? I'm not quite ready to go there just yet. Uh, I'm, I, I'm hoping that this is just a little blip. Uh, we haven't seen any surgery needed this year. So uh, I, I'm not ready to put him in that category, but your point is not lost on me. Uh, the Reds definitely need some guys in the back end of this bullpen that they can consider to be reliable guys that they can count on. Alexis Diaz is the first guy. And then after that, it's just a whole lot of question marks now. Right. Uh, Lucas Sims being one of the biggest question marks. You know, when we talked to him, it seemed very clear to me that he was working hard trying to get back. And it was very clear to me from not so much what he said, but how he said it, that it was quite an ordeal for him uh, between when he hurt himself last year and getting to this point this season. So uh, you really just got to hope for the best for him. 
But all that being said, if he can't go, if he is unavailable to be a, in this bullpen on opening day, it's going to produce a domino effect that's going to ultimately result in a decision that you, Jeff, are going to be very, very upset with. I don't think you're going to be real happy with it either, Steve. But no, it, it goes back to the bullpen being Alexis Diaz and a bunch of guys. Like, shout out to Ian Jabot. He seemed to have pitched pretty well this spring. We've seen some nice things from guys like Joel Kunal and Buck Farmer and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, that we were really optimistic about this bullpen squad because of Lucas Sims coming back and hopefully for Tony Santion as well. Although Tony Santion is not going to be ready for opening day either. He'll hopefully be ready close to the end of April. Hopefully um, we've heard some things that he may be back at some point this week, pitching for the reds in spring training, but that's going to be his first action. That's not going to be Hey, he's ramped up, ready to go. He's going to be on the opening day squad. So you're talking about, one locked in spot. And if you really want to say, well, because he is the best left-hander on the roster, you've got two locked in spots with Rivar San Martin and then Alexis Diaz, obviously the other one. Um, you're going to have six more spots in there. And I got a hard time looking at this and saying that the Reds aren't tempted to have Hunter Strickland on the opening day bullpen. No, Jeff, if, if, Lucas Sims is not in this bullpen. Hunter Strickland will be. Uh, when I did this, when I did this uh, last week, you know, we put the graphic up there, Jeff, and we had yeah. Alexis Diaz, we had Lucas Sims, we had Ian Jabot, we had Buck Farmer. We take away Lucas Sims, we can still have another guy. We can add uh, Alex Young. We can add. Bennett Souza. Bennett Souza. Yeah. Sorry. Drew Blake. We can add Bennett Souza to have two lefties in the bullpen. That yeah. still leaves a spot open. So we're talking now, which of these three do you want? Do you want Joel Kunal? Cause I did not include him in my initial bullpen. Do you want Hunter Strickland or do you want Fernando Cruz? And let's look at this real quick because there were a couple of statistics and things that we talked about uh, early on in spring training as far as numbers that we're going to use. We're going to talk about XFIP, which is a great ERA predictor. We're going to talk about strikeout rate and we're going to talk about ground ball rate. Fernando Cruz last year had a XFIP of 3.49. He had, he had a 1.2 ERA, but it was only 14 innings. This was saying he was probably getting a little bit unlucky, but he wasn't getting so unlucky to the point that he wasn't a good relief pitcher. If you have a 3.49 ERA as a relief pitcher, you're still pretty decent. And then he also had a 34% strikeout rate, which is very good. Then you have Joel Kunal. His expected fielding independent pitching, his ex-FIP, was 3.52, right there with Fernando Cruz. Now, he didn't have that great a strikeout rate. It was only 22%, but... He had a ground ball rate of 52.2%. He was keeping the ball out of the air. And what do we always say? Don't give up fly balls at Great American Ballpark. Hunter Strickland, let's, let's just be objective right now because I know that you know, and I know that you know that I know that the Reds know there's something they want about Hunter Strickland. But just hear me out for a minute because objectively his ex-FIP 4.96, more than a run more than either Fernando Cruz or Joe Kunal. His strikeout rate, 
the lowest of the three at 21%. And his ground ball rate, 34%. 34%. We're talking about a dude that's giving up over 60% fly balls. And he's pitching at Great American Ballpark. Hear me. If, if anyone from the front office is listening, be objective for a minute and you pick Joel Cooner or Fernando Cruz and don't put Hunter Strickland on this opening day bullpen. Okay. Now let's say Nick Carl just heard that and says, fine, Jeff, we'll do that. We'll take one of Joel Cooner or Fernando Cruz in that spot in the bullpen. Enter Luis Sessa, who was included in my original uh, bullpen as one of the two long guys who is now competing. He's back from Mexico, Team Mexico, competing for a starting spot in the rotation. If he makes the rotation over Brandon Williamson, Brandon Williamson is not going into the bullpen. He's going to Louisville. That frees up yet another spot in this bullpen. We're now two righties deep and you trying to make alterations. I don't see how it's not Hunter Strickland at that point. I don't know that I have much of an argument there. Because... If it's Luke Weaver and Luis Sessa, or if it's Connor Overton and Luis Sessa and, and Luke Weaver's in the bullpen, it's just, you know, flip-flop Connor Overton and Luke Weaver in that case. If Brandon Williamson doesn't make the starting rotation, I think I have to agree with you that Hunter Strickland is in the bullpen. But I also would just really wonder because I, I just don't see a realm of reality where it makes sense that Brandon Williamson is not in this rotation. But I do agree in that scenario. It would make sense. The problem is, Steve, that we wrap this all up. We look at this. We put a little bow on it and say, we're not as optimistic about this bullpen without Lucas Sims. No, it definitely changes a lot of things, Jeff. And and let's be clear. I'm not advocating for Hunter Strickland to make this team. I just, think here, I just think here at the beginning, that's probably what's going to happen. But I also want to remind everybody that much like the position players, this pitching staff is going to be ever evolving this season. At some point, Brandon Williamson will be up. At some point, we're going to see Levi Stout. At some point, some of the young relievers that are making their way through the system are going to come up. Uh, The question then will be, will the Reds be willing to make the cuts necessary to guys like Hunter Strickland to make room? So I think it's going to be an evolving process. It's going to continue to shift. It's going to continue to morph. Uh, But to open things up, Jeff, start preparing yourself. You might want to go ahead and order that jersey <clears throat> no but you know what nick crawl had some encouraging comments about one of our favorite reds and we're going to talk about why he has us wondering how he will follow up with those comments we'll tell you what that is coming up next before we get into that though i want to tell you about one of our sponsors here today and that is linkedin These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Creating a job post on LinkedIn is as easy as trying to figure out if I'm going to take the over. Spoiler alert probably gonna do that it's that easy then you just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring 
Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Coming up tomorrow, we have some bold predictions about the 2023 Cincinnati Red season on tap for you. You're not going to want to miss that. But Steve, let's bring it back right here because Nick Crawl had some interesting things to say about one Mr. Joseph Daniel Votto on a radio show with Jim Bowden. You might remember Jim Bowden. He was a former Cincinnati Reds general manager of some ilk. And when you look at the comments that he had to say about our friend Joseph Daniel Votto, they were intriguing. And um, actually, it was a tweet that that, uh, Jim Bowden had. And for our folks on YouTube, you can check this out. I'll read this for our audio crowd. Nick Crawl, Red's general manager, told us their plan is for Joey Votto to finish his career as a Red. I like that part. This next part is kind of weird. Jim Bowden goes on to say, however, if the Reds are out of it at the trade deadline and Votto came to them and asked if they would trade him home to Toronto, he said he would consider under those circumstances. So with all of that being said, um, it feels like there's a lot going on in this tweet because Nick crawl said something that all of us Reds fans want to hear Joey Votto. We want him here. We want him to retire as a red Joey Votto has said in the past, I want to retire as a red and most Reds fans that I think have their head screwed on, right? Want Joey Votto to retire as a red for everybody else that wants to complain about this or that. Yeah, (laughs) miss me with that. Uh, We're not even talking about that. So Joey Votto, who's going to go down as one of the best players in the history of this franchise, absolutely deserves the fanfare and deserves the distinction of being a career red. And Nick Kroll understands that. And it's a beautiful thing to see. The biggest problem, Steve, though, is that there's this other little bit that Jim Bowden tried to sprinkle in there. And if this were some sort of courtroom television drama, I would say <clears throat> objection leading the witness. Yeah. Pure speculation. Uh, it yeah. clearly, clearly, uh, the question was phrased to get the answer that you wanted and you built backward off of it, you know, basically asking yeah. Nick crawl. Well, if, if the reds aren't winning and if you're out of contention, And if Joey Votto comes to you and specifically asks for a trade to the Toronto Blue Jays, would you be willing to bring Joey home? Well, what is he supposed to say? (laughs) I mean, well, you know, so Nick says, well, you know, under those particular circumstances, sure. I'd look at It's like somebody asking you if you had a million billion dollars and you just had a huge meal and and you're in the only boat in the sea and you're seeing somebody drowning and hungry and tired. Are you going to let them drown? 
Obviously not. Right. I mean, you're not going to say that. Nick Kroll's not going to say, no, we're not going to trade him in that circumstance. We're going to force him to retire, Red. That's not what anyone ever says in that session. So when I look at that tweet, and I'll throw it back up for our YouTube crowd, when I look at this tweet, I say the first line that says Nick Kroll, Red's general manager, told us their plan is for Joey Votto to finish his career as a Red. You should have stopped it right there. That is the news here. That, that is the news. And, you know, what would have been much more useful from uh, Captain Leatherpants there would have been to ask a question about how do you plan on accomplishing that if Joey Votto wants to play beyond this season? That's really the question that should have yeah. been asked. And, and Jim Bowden went nowhere near that. So for me, that would have been the logical follow-up. That's actually the information I'm most interested in. Does that mean there's a, uh, a path? to a contract extension for Joey Votto. That's the big question that went unanswered there. And it's it's what's really in the forefront of my mind now because if they really want him to retire a red, he has said pretty consistently he still feels like he has baseball in him. He has said he wants to play. And the only thing that will derail that is if he can't come back from the surgery. But what I saw from him today, it uh, looks like he's getting a feel for the strike zone again. Uh, he had a nice single up the middle in the game yesterday against the Angels. Oh, so yes. against the Angels. So, you know, it looks like he's coming along and I think he's going to be ready. The question is, will the power return? And if Joey can contribute and Joey feels like he's performing at a major league level, he's been clear. He wants to play beyond this year. That's the question Jim Bowden should have asked. What are the Reds going to do about that? And I think for those of us, you and me particularly, but for anybody who is a, a Stan, a very big fan and a supporter of Joseph Daniel Votto, I think the comeback question to us should be, what if Nick Crawl's playing chicken with him here? What if Nick Crawl is saying, I don't think you're going to play past this year. Do you think that there's a little bit of that going on? Maybe. I think that there's still enough uncertainty surrounding Joey to, to maybe hang your hat on that. But we've learned long ago to not doubt Joey Votto. And yes. I think by getting back on the into the games, being in major league competition right now, Joey thinks he can play. And that tells me all that I need to know. So uh, the question is, what is success? Is 115 OPS plus, 120, 125? What do, we, what do we put on paper as this is worth extending Joey Votto and him continuing to play? I think if he can be 120, 125, you oh, know, yeah. he's obviously not going to get a $25 million contract extension, but that would be worth keeping around. I would I would love it if they entertain like one of those deals with like deferred money and stuff like that. Like just something where they spread it out and, and maybe he plays for like two more years or something like that. Because you're right, it's not gonna be a big chunk deal. We're not talking about, you know, twenty. I don't even know that we'd be talking about fifteen. I would think that the Reds would probably stop somewhere around twelve or thirteen and say, if we're getting more expensive than that, then it's gonna be a little bit difficult to kind of stomach here. But and, and, and whether or not I agree with that is a totally different thing. This is just me kind of surmising what that might look like. But overall, I think that this is just something that we have wanted Nick Crawl to say. Because with Joey's comments about, you know, like what he had at the Field of Dreams game where he said, you know, I feel like I can keep going for a while. 
I'm not anywhere near retirement or anything like that. We wanted the Reds to come out and say their piece about it. And it feels like that's what he's saying here. And it feels like this is affirmation that yes, the Reds are in the same camp here and they're not going to have this super awkward, you know, forcing the hand and declining his option and sending him on his way to free agency and things like that. I feel like there's going to be a concerted effort to make sure that whatever happens, he finishes his career here. Here's the hot take of the day, Jeff. Two years, $20 million, mutual option on that second year. That'll be the contract that Joey Votto gets to remain a member of the I'll Cincinnati Reds. Uh, while we've got a couple minutes and we're talking about Joey Votto, though, uh, I've seen a renewed interest in how much money that Joey Votto makes. And I know that you don't like to spend a lot of time talking about this because we both think that it's ridiculous. But I just want to remind everybody that it's ridiculous. If you look at the value that Joey Votto has brought to this team over the life of his contract, he has way outperformed what he has made during his time in Cincinnati. Now, I hear you. Well, he didn't do it last season. Well, you know, he didn't. But he also only made $500,000 when he won the MVP. So it all comes out at the end. Uh, even if the Reds had not extended Joey Votto and not given him $25 million, Bob Castellini and Phil Castellini were not spending that $25 million on anybody else. Joey Votto's contract has not prevented the Reds from going out and signing a guy. So let's put that to bed right now. I don't want to hear that this year, especially in a year that we could be looking at Joey Votto's farewell tour. I don't want any Joey hate, Joey disparaging comments. Let's just embrace the fact that we've had a Hall of Famer play his entire career in the Queen City and do things that no other hitter in this organization has ever done. Not even members of the Big Red Machine with some of his on-base percentage numbers and some of his walks. So let's let's just value what we got. Let's be happy we've had him and let's not get caught up in Bob Castellini's money at all this season. I will I'll say this. Fangraphs has a metric that computes wins above replacement into money monetary value. And yes, last year, according to that metric, he was worth negative $6.9 million. So yeah, anybody that wants to say last year wasn't great, you're right. He was hurt. He didn't play very well. According to that metric, for his entire career, he's been worth $421.9 million. So have fun telling me he ain't worth it. You're wrong. And that is where we're moving on. All right. Uh, coming up, uh, the Reds have made a few more cuts, Jeff. I don't know if you caught this, but our boy Alejo has been reassigned. Uh, those cuts were made, uh, but there are some guys that just keep surviving and they keep hanging around and it's a little bit puzzling, uh, but we're going to tell you why that could mean Matt Reynolds and a couple other dudes are still in contention to be on the opening day roster. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you about one of the sponsors of today's podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, and the Built March Madness bracket is here. Uh, we know you have your favorite puff or bar, and now's the time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com and vote today for your favorite. You know I'll be over there voting for the churro puff as much as I can. Go support your favorite bar or puff today at Built 
marchmadness.com. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. You cannot beat free built bars. Let me tell you, not only that, uh, one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built and have built best bars or puffs delivered monthly right to your door. You got to try built, go to built.com today, head to, uh, Cast your votes at builtmarchmadness.com. Uh, try built. They're the best protein bar ever. They're so amazing. You won't even think they're good for you. They have amazing statistics. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low in sugar. They're low in calories and they're jam packed with protein. So run to builtmarchmadness.com right now. Cast your vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Uh, make sure you're following both Jeff and I on Twitter because in between shows, we are very active talking baseball. And as Jeff always says, we want to talk baseball with you. You can follow me at S Offenbaker on Twitter. You can follow Jeff at Jeff with three F's and you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Uh, make sure you follow us and click subscribe today. All right, Jeff, more news of reassignments, not so much cuts, but people have been moved around again. Gone is outfielder Stuart Fairchild. Gone is our man, infielder, outfielder extraordinaire, Aleo Lopez. You know who's not gone? Chad Pinder is not gone. Matt Reynolds is not gone. And that leads us to a couple questions. Let's start with what is the appeal of Chad Pinder? It's got to be something about positional flexibility, Steve. I know we were talking about this off air before we started recording and yeah, Chad Pender can play the infield. He can play the outfield a little bit, but let's be honest here. We're not talking about a dude that's really going to do it with a lot of flair or even really a whole lot of statistical success. I mean, his entire career, the year 2018 was very kind to him. Every other year hasn't been, I mean, he's been under 100 when it comes to the OPS plus metric for every other season of his career. So I look at this and I say, whatever Chad Pender's bringing, and yes, I know we are talking about the last spot on the bench at this point, but what does Chad Pender have that neither Stuart Fairchild nor Alejo Lopez has? Alejo Lopez did a little bit of the outfield last year, and I, I feel like his play style is really going to help out in a non-shifted world a a world where the defense is a little bit disadvantaged as it more so than it used to be he's he's a very contact driven hitter and then Stuart Fairchild's speed on the base paths could play up very well so I just I don't know I look at this and I just wonder what is the appeal here because Chad Pender also is a non-roster invitee so that's a problem because they're going to have to find a spot for him. I know there's two there's two spots on the 40-man that are going to immediately open up in mm -hmm. Vladimir Gutierrez and TJ Antone. So it's not complicated to get another guy on the 40-man roster. But I have to think that at the end of the day, the Reds don't believe that Stuart Fairchild is more than a temporary fill-in kind of guy. He's the emergency spare part that you keep around while you can keep him around. And if injuries dictate it, you call him up, you put him in while you figure out what you want to do. 
Chad Pinder, you know, maybe they're enamored with the fact that he can occasionally run into one and drive the ball. I mean, he hasn't demonstrated over his career that he's a, a tremendous power threat, but maybe they think he'll play well at Great American Ballpark. Uh, the other wild card in all this is Matt Reynolds, who looked pretty good against the Angels. Uh, he's not quite uh, had as much time as everybody else. He's been often injured. I don't know that you can put him in the category of guys that you can rely on. So there's a lot of question marks surrounding this. The one of all of these guys that's been fairly consistent and every opportunity at the major league level is Aleo Lopez. He can play in the corner outfields. He can play on the infield pretty much anywhere but shortstop, I would imagine. And you could mm -hmm. probably throw him out there for an inning or two if you had to. I would try and really not do that, but I bet he could hold his own for an inning or two. Uh, so he gives you a lot of positional flexibility, and he gets on base. And like you say, with the changing of the shift rules, his game may play even a little bit better. So... I'm a little perplexed about what it is that they're doing with these last roster spots. And I know that carrying three catchers has made things a bit more challenging in roster construction because you're going to need multiple guys that can play in multiple places. That's why I think we're seeing Jose Barrero suddenly showing up in center field. Uh, they're getting that particular piece ready to move around. Uh, but with these guys that are left, I'm a little confused. It's a head scratcher. It's also an interesting thought you know, a, 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 you know, hurt your brain type moment when you think about the fact that Kevin Newman's on this roster and he can play middle infield, third base. That's about it. And he should not be a guy that is going to be considered an everyday shortstop. Like if we're talking about creating positional flexibility for Jose Barrero to open up more time for Kevin Newman to play shortstop, then I have a lot of questions. This should be something that, okay, Barrera is going to be on this roster. He's going to be on the bench whenever Ellie De La Cruz or Matt McClain or somebody like that gets pulled up to play every day. And with Kevin Newman taking up a bench spot on a bench that needs to be full of utility guys. Now, I know if we're taking Kevin Newman off it, then Chad Pender probably makes it. But if that is the argument for Chad Pender, why are we not arguing against Kevin Newman? Let me ask you this. Are you willing to give Nick Crawl the benefit of the doubt in that maybe he's looking towards Memorial Day and wants to already have a system in place for Jose Barrero so that when Ellie De La Cruz makes his way up here, they don't have to, you know, knock over the cart and start all over, that they've already kind of got uh, the outfield rotations settled in because they need two right-handers out there. It, it's it's got to be it's got to be somebody in the absence of Nick Senzel. So you need Jose Barrero out there because Fraley and Friedel can't play against left-handed pitching. You need a Chad Pinder out there because Fraley and Friedel can't play against left-handed pitching. So you're going to need a couple right-handers around. Uh, maybe Nick Crawl's taking the long view here. I, I'm not sure. I'm not saying that's what he's doing, but I just I'm I'm wondering if that factors into these decisions that are being made now. It's. Definitely a fair question because we have, we have said in the past, like, you know, wait and see what Nick crawl does. Let Nick crawl cook, you know, for better, for, you know, for what that, that statement's worth. But, um, and he's, he's come up, he's come up, uh, in the positives before he's come up in the, in the black. So yeah, that th this could be that. And like we said, the, the roster is going to change quite a bit throughout the season. So what's on opening day is not what's going to be on the end of the, on the end of the year 
I do, I do just wonder, and, and who knows, maybe this is just another argument for why on earth are they just going to disregard Alejo Lopez, but yeah. All right. I, I think you might've won me over. You might've calmed me down there. I think that's, uh, you know, <laughs> well, let's, well, let's well, trust that for sure. Yeah. One thing's one thing's for sure, Jeff, we're, this is something we're definitely going to keep an eye on over the next, you know, now nine days, they have nine days to figure this yeah. out and, and then let us know what this roster is going to look like when they head to Cincinnati. So, uh, and their final probably, games this Sunday. I mean, we're not talking right. about a lot more spring training left. We're, we're in the final week here. So that's probably a good spot to wrap it up for today, Jeff. I think that we'll keep an eye on this as well as everything else and uh, keep reporting back. Absolutely, Steve. And, uh, you know, thanks, everybody, for checking out today's episode. Make sure you check out tomorrow's episode when we give you some bold predictions for the 2023 Cincinnati Reds. And thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen. Now, for your second listen, check out Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcast, just like Lockdown Reds and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Steve, like we mentioned, final week of spring training. We are not very far away from opening day. What's that mean for you and me? That means for you and me, we're going to be locked in on the rumors, the transactions. Uh, it's time to really start watching the waivers and see if Nick Carl pulls a rabbit out of his hat as we get ready to wrap up camp. We're going to keep an eye on all of that and bring all that information right back here and report back to you to keep you locked on Reds every single day. I had no idea that pulling a rabbit out of the hat was on the table. Crap. <laughs>